Hello, and welcome to the Hearth and Hedge podcast. Merry meet, my friends. My name is Amberly, and I am here to share the joys and sometimes frustrations of being a mom, a witch mom, and getting through daily life with my family. All right, take 25. So full disclosure, I'm recording at home, and it's Veterans Day, and my husband is home, and my children are home, and the dogs are here as usual. Um, so there will be background noise and I apologize for that. Hopefully it's not too distracting, but I will never get this done if I expect complete silence behind me. It's just not going to happen. Um, <laughs> today's episode is about imposter syndrome, um, which is something that I've heard a lot of lately. I hear it popping up in conversations, especially among, uh, my female colleagues and friends. Um, and this is where, you know, they're saying, I don't feel blank enough to be blank, right? I don't feel mom enough. I don't feel smart enough. I don't feel talented enough. I don't feel witchy enough. But what makes you enough to call yourself a thing? Um, you may not have a master's degree in a subject, but that certainly doesn't mean you aren't knowledgeable in it if you've been spending time studying it. Uh, so according to an article by Harvard Business Review uh, called Stop Telling Women They Have Imposter Syndrome, I will link it in the show notes, uh, imposter syndrome is loosely defined as doubting your abilities and feeling like a fraud. Uh, I personally suffer from this issue uh, with being a witch as well as being a podcast host. You know, who am I to think that I can host a podcast? Who am I to think that people will even listen? Well, guess what? I am a podcast host, and I will hazard a guess that not all of my audience knows me personally. Right now, probably most of them, but that's okay. I will also say that I think that there are people out there that would like to hear what I have to say. If not, that's fine. Uh, and those people can find what they do want to hear. Uh, it doesn't make me less of a host, just not the host that they want. Um, so the idea of imposter syndrome has been around since 1978, when Pauline Rose Clance and Suzanne Imes developed the concept, originally calling it imposter phenomenon. Uh, the original idea of imposter syndrome was actually formed before the idea of systemic racism, classism, and other biases were taken into account. Um, so that definitely speaks to that I'm sure there is more imposter syndrome uh, these days in the minority groups. Um, so this originally was only taken into account uh, white women. Um, but today, even after all these years, since the late 70s, uh, imposter syndrome is actually still blamed on individuals. It's not blamed on the culture that we have that fosters it. Um, we need to fix the bias not the people that are experiencing imposter syndrome. Um, stop saying, <laughs> uh, stop telling people that they need to stop feeling like an imposter. Imposter, we need to fix the reason why they feel that way. Um, 
women aren't the only ones who experience imposter syndrome. It can be seen in everyone, regardless of gender or self-identification. And it's not uncommon. Uh, it can be caused by personal context, like how we are raised, where we live, uh, pressure by parents or society to succeed, feeling like we're not fulfilling our parents or our parental or societal um, recommendations for what it means to be successful. Um, another article I read is called Feel Like a Fraud? Question mark by uh, Kirsten Weyer, which will also be linked in the podcast. And quoted in that article, Suzanne Imes says that in our society, there's a huge pressure to achieve. There can be a lot of confusion between approval and love and worthiness. Self-worth becomes contingent on achieving. And this is in 1978, ladies and gents. Imagine how much more we have now, how much more pressure we have. Everything is so much faster and, you know, learn and do and be and make money. And, you know, it's definitely a problem that we have in our society that we need to stop talking about fixing and start actually fixing. Um, I'm not about to say this podcast is going to fix the culture, but I can talk a little bit about how we can stand in our own power and try and have more self-esteem through our spirituality. Um, being different from the cultural norm can certainly have an effect on how we view ourselves. So us as spiritual outcasts, basically, um, we definitely can view ourselves in a negative light. As which as we pr we pride ourselves on individuality. Let's try that again. As witches, we pride ourselves on our individuality and how personalized we can make our spirituality. But this individuality and difference can also foster thoughts of being a fraud. Um, this is definitely something I suffer from. Um, People who are new to this life can often feel a heightened level of imposter syndrome because they're learning something new and things aren't working the way they had hoped or anticipated. And um, Jenny over there, I'm not calling anyone out, I just made up that name. Jenny over there says that she is in deep contact with her spirit guides. Well, I mean, I don't have spirit guides. Does that make me a fraud? Am I not doing things right? How, you know, things like that. So you aren't a fraud or an imposter. You're a student. Learn your practice and yourself. Stand in your power. Study, study, study. I cannot tell you enough that studying, no matter what it is that you're wanting to learn about, studying is how you learn it. Um, we are all constant students as witches, pagans, heathens, parents, and just humans in general. Um, we're going to learn all day, every day, because that's how humanity works. Uh, and that's the beauty of this particular spiritual path is that there's always something to learn. There's always different ideas. There's always someone who has something else to say or some, you know, a different way of doing something. So it's, it's a great community and a great way of being spiritual because you really can take the things that speak to you and use them for yourself. Um, so now that I've gotten into the nitty gritty of imposter syndrome, I'm going to bring in um, a deity. We're going to talk today about Persephone. So in the original story of Persephone, uh, she was doted on by her mother and her father and uncle 
conspired with her grandmother Gaia to abduct Persephone and force her to marry Hades, who was also her uncle, Uncle Hades. Um, Gaia created a Narcissus, which is also called a daffodil, that intrigued Persephone. And while she was distracted looking at this Narcissus, Hades came up from the underworld and kidnapped Persephone, forcing her to be his wife. In Demeter's distress at the loss of her daughter, the world fell into a winter. Zeus grew concerned that the human race would die and there would no longer be humans to worship and give offerings to the gods. So he ordered Hermes to go to the underworld and bring Persephone back up. Before she returned, Hades forced her to eat pomegranate seeds because if you eat food from the underworld, you are destined to never leave. Um, so when she returned to the top and Zeus found out, he ended up having to rule that Persephone would live part of the year in the surface and, uh, and in Olympus and part of the year in the underworld, uh, which brings us the seasons, right? Um, we all know this, this version of the story. There's obviously more bits in between in the middle, but that's the basic gist of it. Uh, my friend Phoenix, thank you, Phoenix, uh, put me onto a book that will also be in the show notes. Um, I think it's called Pagan Pathways, and then it's Persephone. It's about Persephone. Um, and in this book, there's a second way of telling the story, which I really love, which I think actually uh, fits into the imposter syndrome, because instead of Persephone being the victim, she's actually the hero of the story. So again, Demeter is doting on Persephone and doesn't want Persephone to leave her side. And so Persephone grew tired of her mother being overprotective. And when Hades appeared and took her away after initial fright, she saw it as an opportunity to grow and learn and be away from her mother's shadow. Um, and through the time that she spent with Hades, she learned that her opinion actually mattered to him and uh, in the underworld and grew to love Hades because he valued her opinions and allowed her to make changes to better the afterlife for the souls in the underworld. Um, so when Hermes came to the underworld to bring Persephone back to the surface, she chose to eat the pomegranate seeds so that she could return to the man she loved. She didn't want to choose between her mom and the man she loved. She chose them both. And she chose not to be forced to choose. Um, so Persephone, instead of being the victim, learned to stand in her power. Uh, she asserted her authority and used her authority to make things better. Um, I think that's a great way of looking at things. And it speaks to how we should feel or how we as a society can change our beliefs um, and our actions to make people not have or ourselves not have the imposter syndrome. So like Hades was like, I value your opinion, Persephone, who was a young woman, barely more than a child. He could have treated her differently, but in this version of the story, he values her. He asks her the question. He wants her honest answer. Um, so we need to learn to value each other and value ourselves. Um, 
today we are going to talk with my daughter, Woodsy. She's going to come in and talk to us about uh, Persephone, how she feels about her and how Persephone has changed her life. So, Lindsay, I'm so ex excited to have you. Uh, really, Forrest? <laughs> Immediately? <laughs> Forrest is helping. <laughs> we interrupt our normally da daily broadcast with Forrest being a pain. <laughs> okay. So, Wizzy, I'm super glad to have you. You asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no. Do you want to be on my podcast too? Yes. Forrest wants to be on the podcast. Boop. Okay, maybe scratch his ears or something while we're working so I can that, do that we can CTFD. <laughs> Takes seven and a half. Um, okay. So, Woodsy, I'm super happy to have you on today's program. And today, as I had told you, we are talking about uh, imposter syndrome and the deity Persephone. Um, first, let's start off with, I'd like you to please introduce yourself to our listeners. Hi, everyone. My name is Woodsy. I am a young practicing witch. Um, I have been practicing actively for a few years, um, but I like to think that I've been practicing my whole entire life. Um, every time I look back on it, I'm like, that, that was probably witchcraft I just did. Um, so, yeah, um, I am an artist. Um, I love all things creative, such as drawing, um, theater, singing, music, just creative things that make me happy. Um, so yeah. Okay, Woodsy, so can you tell me how you experience imposter syndrome in your life? Yes, I can. Uh, I experience imposter sy syndrome on a daily um I, like I said, I'm an artist, but there have been multiple occasions where I think, like, who am I to say I'm an artist? I don't have a big following on my Instagram, or even if I did, a lot of people don't know that I do art. Um, but to me, I am an artist. I might not be a very popular, very well-known one, but I'm an artist. Um, I have times where I look at other people when I'm acting and I'm like, how am I supposed to be an actor when there are people like that out in the world? Um, but to me, I, not to be biased, but I think I'm a pretty good actor, so. It's okay to toot your own horn. I'm aware, but I don't want to be like, <laughs> I'm amazing, you know? Um, so tell me, uh, Persephone is your patron deity. Uh, yep. How does working with Persephone help you with your self-esteem and imposter syndrome? So Persephone, 
to me is a very friendly feminine figure um and whenever I light her candle, she is a very, to put it into words, bubbly, flowery person. Um, there have been times where I go into the astral and, I apologize for my dog, um, where I go into the astral and she, like, basically hypes me up. She's like, you're doing great. Um basically don't listen to what other people have to say um so all the things your mom tells you basically yeah <laughs> <laughs> um she especially helps me with my imposter syndrome there was a time where we were in the astral and we had a, a very long talk um about why it was not to like would diminish me the right, right word? Probably not. To, to like, basically, I can't think of the words. <laughs> it's okay, so tell the story. We'll try and figure out the word for you. Um, I, we were talking about how it was okay to feel imposter syndrome but she was telling me um why i shouldn't like i am an actress i am an artist um i'm a strong powerful witch like things like that um but she didn't she made it less she didn't make fun of me or invalidate me mm -hmm. she she basically said your your feelings are valid but this is why they shouldn't affect Matter. you yeah okay there we words go. are hard words are hard <laughs> um okay so tell me i know that you interpret the story of persephone and hades a little bit differently than um the original one. I, t I spoke a little bit about yeah. earlier the story and how it's, if you look at it a different way, it can be a story of empowerment instead of um, abuse and uh, kidnapping and, and, and the like. So how, which way do you look at it? I look at it as empowerment. Um, to me, Persephone, and Hades as a story as deities as gods are very powerful people but they have their own like problems Hades as a whole is someone who is very um looked down upon uh but I've always been attracted to the story of Persephone and Hades. So when I did research on it, um, I believe Homer wrote the original story. And I found out that it was a story about kidnapping and um, 
just feeling unsafe, it, it didn't sit right with me. Um, it didn't feel like, it just didn't feel like the Persephone in Hades I, like, grew to appreciate. Um, and then I started reading about how stories can be interpreted differently. How Persephone in certain stories um, was almost in a way um, helicoptered by uh, her mother and how Hades taking her down to the underworld was a way for her to find empowerment in herself and how she found a way to feel valid and strong. And I love that story. Um, it's something that makes me very happy uh, reading it. Um, and there's stories uh, that have been like based off of that said story, like More Olympus by, um, I can never remember her name. I just got the book though, so. That's okay, we'll link that in the show notes. Yeah. Um, and so I really fell in love with that story. Awesome. So I know that you have uh, an Instagram. You want to shamelessly plug your Instagram page? <laughs> yes. So if anyone is interested, um, uh, just looking at my art, um, and experiencing the fun witchy stuff with me, you can follow me um, at woodsy underscore Ren, and I'm sure my lovely mother will put that in the show notes as well. I absolutely will. And also, as usual, you can always follow The Hearth and Hedge on Instagram or Facebook at the hearth and hedge, or you can email us at the hearth and hedge at gmail.com. Thank you so much, Woodsy, for being on the podcast today. And thank you everyone for dealing with our dog in the background. Yeah. So as I talk about these issues on this episode, uh, I feel a little bit like an imposter myself. Um, I'm not a psychologist and I'm not a mental health professional. Uh, I, but I do, however, think that I have sound advice for starting the healing process. Um, and I think the first step in, a, in healing is I encourage everyone to see a therapist to discuss your personal issues um, with anything, including imposter syndrome. I am telling you this, and I am not following my own advice, so I will be calling a therapist, uh, calling for a therapy appointment um, as soon as I can. Uh, secondly, it's important to tell yourself daily that you belong where you are. You, are. you belong doing what you are doing. You are worth it. You are worthy. Um, even, I tell my daughter this all the time, uh, keep telling yourself these things, even if you don't believe it, because eventually you will believe it. Um, I am a firm believer in positive affirmations. And fun fact, there is actual scientific evidence to back up the theory that they work. 
Um, I encourage you all to read the article, Positive Daily Affirmations, Is There Science Behind It? by psychologist Catherine Moore. Uh, I will link that in the show notes as well. Um, it talks about the science behind it and also has some resources, some great ideas for what to do, um, like different po positive affirmations, etc. So um, I do encourage you to find that article or click the link that I'm putting in the show notes and check it out because it's a great article. Um, so now, now for the fun part. Um, I would like to thank Margot, Diane, and Phoenix for the help on this one. And I think, I believe actually Coco helped as well. Um, this is, I haven't named this spell, but I guess it's an empowerment spell. Um, so I'm going to read off the ingredients you need. As always, a white candle, a white quartz, clear quartz, um, and rosemary can be substituted for any of the herbs, uh, candles, or stones. Uh, but these are the ones that we have chosen together as a group. Um, so I chose the purple candle for self-assurance. I think purple is a very magical color. So a purple candle for self-assurance, self you will need an amethyst or rose quartz or both uh, for self-love carnelian or tiger's eye for confidence, lapis lazuli for courage and healing, rose petals for a fierce self-love. So my friend Margot brought up the fact that roses are beautiful and we always think of them as something delicate and gorgeous, but they also have thorns. So it's a great self-love because it's also kind of a protection. Um, so rose petals for self-love and also self-protection. Um, and then choose any incense that makes you happy. I am a sucker for sandalwood or patchouli. My husband hates patchouli, uh, so I don't get to burn that very often. Um, my daughter and Margo both suggested dragon's blood. Uh, dragon's blood is what my daughter burns on her Hades and Persephone altar. Um, and it's also a good power booster and protector. Uh, cinnamon is also uh, good for power boost and protecting. And then a mirror, you'll need a mirror. It can be a hand mirror. It can be, you can be sitting in front of your full length mirror, but you just need a mirror because you need to make eye contact with yourself during this spell. Um, and then you need a pomegranate with the seeds taken out. You just need the seeds themselves. Um, and those are to signify Persephone because we're going to call on Persephone to help us in this spell. Um, and then you will need a small dish or a shot glass um, to use at the end of the spell to put something aside as an offering for Persephone. All right, so to begin, we are going to light the incense and candle. Place the stones you've chosen and the rose petals around the candle, stating their purpose as you, as you set them down. So amethyst for self-love, carnelian for confidence, etc., etc. Um, if you're using clear quartz and a white candle, that's completely fine. You just need to state your intent and tell them what they're there for. Um, now take a moment to clear the negative energy from yourself. I want you to imagine a white light trickling from your crown slowly down your body, down your face to your neck, 
down your arms to your hands, down your chest and back, over your belly, over your hips and legs, and down to your feet and over your toes. As the white light covers your body, imagine it clearing away the negative energy from your day, your arguments, your self-doubt, and leaving a clean slate for you to work with. Once you feel like all that negativity is gone, I want you to look at yourself in the mirror. Make eye contact with yourself. Imagine yourself looking at the ideal version of yourself, confident in their skin, standing in their strength, the epiphany of what you want to be as a human being. Imagine that's what you're looking at. Now I want you to take a handful of your pomegranate uh, seeds and say, Persephone, with these seeds, I take strength from you to love myself and stand in my power. Eat, eat a few of the seeds. Now say, I am beautiful. And then eat a few. I am strong. And then eat a few. I am worthy. And then eat a few. Repeat these mantras three times with eating the seeds in between and imagine those seeds are filling you with the strength of Persephone to help you stand in your power. After the final repetition, uh, think of the thing you're feeling imposter syndrome about or feeling weak about. Look in the mirror and, and tell yourself, I am that thing. Um, Looking, look into your eyes and say, I am whatever it is you're feeling doubtful about. Then I want you to just take a few minutes and meditate on your intention. Think about how that spell made you feel. Um, thank Persephone for her help. And then I want you to place a few of the pomegranate seeds in the dish and set them out for an offering, offering to Persephone and thank her for sharing her strength with you. Uh, the next day, you can take those seeds and bury them in your yard. Or if you don't have a yard, you can bury them in a houseplant. Um, and the energy from those seeds will go back to the earth. I'd like to thank you for joining me today and learning a little bit about imposter syndrome. Um, I appreciate you all, and I'll see you next time. Thank you.